Chapter 5 Our Duty to the World Written at Granville, New South Wales in 1894 There should be a decided change in the spirit and character of the work in the places where men and women have received increased light. What are they doing to warn those who do not understand that the Lord is soon coming? Behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth shall also disclose her blood, and shall no more cover her slain. See Isaiah 26, verse 21. Who, I ask, is carrying a burden for the souls that are perishing out of Christ? Who will go forth without the camp bearing the reproach? Who will leave pleasant homes and dear ties of relationship and carry the precious light of truth to far-off lands? Every day, every moment, comes to those to whom have been entrusted the light of truth, weighted with the terrible significance that men and women in every land are preparing themselves for weal or for woe, fixing their destiny for eternity. God has made amazing sacrifices for human beings. He has expended mighty energy to reclaim man from transgression and sin to loyalty and obedience. But I have been shown that he does nothing without the cooperation of human agencies. Every endowment of grace and power and efficiency has been liberally provided. The strongest motives have been presented to arouse and keep alive in the human heart the missionary spirit, that efforts of divine and human agencies may be combined. But what have our people done in regard to moving out of Battle Creek, to carry the light to regions where the standard has never yet been planted? Did not the Lord at the recent conference open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing? What use have you made of the gift of God? He has supplied you with a motive force of action that with patience and hope and untiring vigilance you might set forth Christ and Him crucified, calling men to repent of their sins, sounding the note of warning that Christ is soon to come with power and great glory. If the members of the Battle Creek Church do not arouse now and go to work in missionary fields, they will fall back into death-like slumber. How did the Holy Spirit work upon your hearts? Were you not inspired to exercise the talents God has given you, that every man and woman and youth should employ them to set forth the truth for this time, making personal efforts, going into the cities where the truth has never been proclaimed and lifting up the standard? Have not your energies been quickened by the blessing that God has bestowed upon you? Has not the truth been more deeply impressed upon your soul? Can you not see more clearly its relative importance to those who are perishing out of Christ? Since the manifest revealing of God's blessing, are you witnessing for Christ more distinctly and decidedly than ever before? The Holy Spirit has brought decidedly to your minds the important vital truths for this time. Is this knowledge to be bound up in a napkin and hidden in the earth? No, no, it is to be put out to the exchangers. As man uses his talents, however small, with faithfulness, the Holy Spirit takes the things of God and presents them anew to the mind.
Through His Spirit, God makes His Word a vivifying power. It is quick and powerful, exerting a strong influence upon minds, not because of the learning or intelligence of the human agent, but because divine power is working with the human power. And it is to the divine power that all praise is to be given. Shall the selfishness and the ease of those who have earthly comforts and attractive homes allure us? Shall we cease as moral agencies to use our powers to the saving of souls? Shall our voices be indistinct? Then God will put his curse upon us who have had so great light and inscribe upon the walls of our homes lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Read that in 2 Timothy 3 verse 4. He will put a tongue in the stones, and they will speak. But God commands of you in Battle Creek to go forth.